You're listening to Silk, the podcast dedicated to celebrating queer joy through pop culture, the gay agenda, and cutting up. It's like therapy, but cunt. I'm You're a holy, a holy shit, guest. shit guest. You're a holy shit guest. Our second episode of Black History Month, and we yes. have author, writer, poet, extraordinaire, <laughs> running the Black Liturgies Instagram, Cole Arthur Riley. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank, Thank you, you for, for being, being here. here. Oh my gosh. This is exciting because, okay, I just, I'm going to get the reveal out of the way. I know miss cole from real life from the not internet cole and i have been friends since 2010 right we met in college yeah my freshman year your junior year we hit it off immediately and um you went by Mm -hmm. a different version of your name then so calling you cole out loud is still weird for me but that's mostly because my brother's name Mm -hmm. is also cole and you're not my brother you're my sister Uh oh Love that. That I was have... cute. You, 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 that I was could cute. tell you was... didn't mean for it to be cute, but no. that was cute. I mean, it's so crazy that you're here because I know you as my friend and Sentitia knows you as an author and the person behind Black Liturgies. And you are both of those things, which is cool. So we're very excited to have you here. I'm excited <clears throat> to be here. So you just released um, your second book, which I did my homework. I have a copy. Love. Yes. yes. Which I will say you did send me a copy the first time mm-hmm. of the first book. I had to buy this one myself. (laughs) I had to get my ass down to Barnes and Noble, just like everybody else, to get the copy. (laughs) There's no little note inside this one, but that's okay. Next time I see you, you can write the note. We can fill it in. Um, She said, brethren or not, you gonna buy this book, bitch. Here at Silk, where we always start the episode with knowing how the other person slept. So we have to ask you, how'd you sleep? I slept terribly uh, according to my aura ring which i recently got can you believe i'm like the most low-tech person i don't even have a smartphone but i got it because i'm nervous about my stress levels but it also tells you all the sleep Mm. data and this morning it sent me alert an alert and was like is everything okay you didn't sleep very good like they're like, always no. asking you questions like just checking in you know like um could you maybe lay down today like it will never tell you you need to sleep so it poses everything like a question so no my sleep score was a 47 last night which is miserable out of 100 oh out of 100 yeah it said pay attention mm-hmm. in red letters mm-hmm. yeah what can oh, that's rough. Oh, i'm so sorry it's i'm okay. so sorry that you have to deal with that ring too that's scary now the ring tells that ring yeah, t- it knows too much mm. too it much does. Yeah. Aura Ring, you can sponsor us because we will take your money, but this is what the ad will be. It'll just be Cole saying, I'm scared of this. (laughs) Yeah, please don't get it. I have no idea what they're doing with my bio data. If you're listening to this, stay away. Yeah, as as she puts it back on. It teleports (laughs) just like Frodo. Do you sleep? I too slept poorly, but for a reason is because my boyfriend Mike made dinner last night. It was really good and I ate too much and it was late at night. So I was up tossing and turning. But ultimately, I don't regret it. I would eat it again. And actually, I did eat it again for leftovers for today for lunch. So at (laughs) what what was it? Stuffed pe- banana peppers with sausage. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was good. And Tisha, how'd you sleep? In threes, guys, because I also slept <laughs> poorly. I stayed up very late watching the Usher performance, aka the Super Bowl, and the Beyonce drop that happened. Took us all for a tailspin. Just up all night researching, window shopping for cow cowgirl clothes. <laughs> Your entire personality changed overnight. (laughs) She's a horse girl now. Girl, she's surfing country, country, and Uh that's my personality as of, uh, what's today's date? February 12th, 2024. This is my personality. We're going to have to get you in when you come and visit me next. I'm taking you to my mother, who is a horse girl. I was going to say that. Historically. It's time. Yeah. (laughs) Cole has been there before. What what did you say? You said something. She would you I said it was saw as big as, I said it was a di- dinosaur. Do you and remember? And she said, 
yeah and she said no she said no it's beautiful yeah dinosaurs not be beautiful too (laughs) right that was crazy but sentisha we're gonna take you i'm gonna take you to my mother and she is going we'll do a photo shoot with the horses oh my god wait you do an episode you do an episode from the stables (laughs) oh my god we have to we have to. Iconic. Yeehaw. I'm, a, I'm Yeehaw. in. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, <laughs> And speaking of Beyonce and the Super Bowl, let's get into our slaves of the week. This thing that happened last week was Drake's penis. Oh, yeah. Where were you? Where were you? <laughs> uh, and in I mean, beers, we'll all be asking. <laughs> and I mean, big, crazy. literally and figuratively. Cole, have you crazy. seen the video? I haven't. I need you to send that right now. No. You need a- <laughs> She's like, no, please, no. No. She's too scared. It was a lot. I will say. It's a lot. I can't believe that that was just on the internet and that is what everyone was talking about for a week. I mean, I did think he it leak was it himself? leaked. I how think it-, it was leaked. I was literally about to say, I think it was there? leaked. Yeah. I think That's it was crazy. a reminder to be like, I'm hot and I've got this huge cock. So mm-hmm. let's not forget. He woke us up. We he, it was a uh, a bat signal for the Drake files. We we said from, okay, okay. From the top he's of the here. CN Tower. Picture of Pikachu with like the big dick shadow over his face. Like oh, that was all of us. Like oh. it was a lot. And so floppy. Yeah, it was. I loved all the memes of it, like flopping. Not of it, but like things like being it, like flopping in the air. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> like what are those? Uh, the the you know what I'm talking about the the things you put on the stairs like the springs slinky. oh uh, slinky yes slinky <laughs> churro like a what are the subway the new subway footlong churros <laughs> extra long cheese stick like when you get a cheese stick from your mom for like as a treat like that you don't see that no. every day no <laughs> I'm just glad She's to like... be here I'm just happy to be included culture girly no 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 I'm okay. not. I know okay. very little. Cody, Cody okay. keeps me young. Y- yeah, mm. there are two people who listen to this podcast, or there are two ways that people interact with this podcast. Some think it's like a funny commentary talking about cop culture, you know, things they already knew about, but they're learning more about it, or it's a, a perspective. For others, this is an educational tool. This is college. Cole's here. She is in a lecture hall right now. She's learning, yeah. taking notes because yes. this is a lot of new information for her. It's true. Yeah. I'm um, sad. I'm sad. I'm listening. Listening, learning. It's working. It's working. But just so you know, Beyonce is going country and she's taking over every genre that Black people mm-hmm. originated. So she started with Renaissance and like dance music and now she's doing country and reclaiming mm-hmm. that for the culture. Mm-hmm. So it's a big moment. Yes. It's a big moment. Okay. So we are going to divide our interview with Nicole into two separate parts, starting with first some silly, fun, lighthearted questions with me, and then moving on to some more questions around uh, the Black Liturgies Project, questions that Sentisha has um, about Cole's experience being a queer Black woman, and kind of just like a more serious tone. So we'll start with the silly, and then we're going to get serious. Cole, if we were both on Traders, and you were the traitor, and I was the faithful, mm-hmm. do you think you could trick me the whole season? Okay, this is what I think would happen. <laughs> I think I would earn your trust, and then you would eventually figure out it was me. Uh-huh. But my thing is, I wouldn't kill you, and you wouldn't out me as a traitor. Like, we would be an alliance of a different kind, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know me, mm-hmm. I know you, but we're mm-hmm. we're for each other. So I would just keep you alive. You would be like, oh, no, it's this person. Cole's innocent. I've known her my whole life. And she would just never to, do that. Exactly. We just have to figure it out <laughs> at the end, like who gets the money. But I think that would be our plan. And I don't really think we'd have to speak about it much. You probably would figure it out eventually, but no one would know. Yeah. Or no one would believe me at that point. Because I remember we used to play Mafia all the time in college. And I would figure out that you were the Mafia. And I'd be like, it's her. And they'd be like, mm, we don't think it is. We really trust her. <laughs> that is true. Because you're silent but deadly. So I could see people being like, no, she's so sweet. Like, she would never. Yeah. But <laughs> secretly, you're just out here like, like murdering everybody. People also listen to everything she says. Like, they agree. Mm-hmm. She's an influencer. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you choose your words. Carefully. Wait, what sign are what sign is Virgo? Here we go. That checks out. What are you? Know you who else is a Virgo? Beyonce. Yes, I'm a Gemini. Insert. Yeah, I knew that. I kind of love yeah. Gemini's though. They're fun, a fun time. I do too, actually. I do too. It's just chaos. It's chaos. Yeah. It is. It really is. <laughs> it's chaos, but also like dedication when it comes to work. Like every Gemini mm. I know has a major work ethic. They have like great jobs, but in their mm. personal lives, it's usually fucking chaos. Yeah, I love being an agent of chaos. I feel like for a lot of friends, I'm their chaotic friend when I enter the space, which I love. Wait, what are you? Um, And also always remember that I don't know anything but about myself. Gemini. Like, I don't know what the other ones mean. Know about Gemini. (laughs) (laughs) That's so Gemini coded. (laughs) Gemini, that's so male. What else is there to know? But what are you? you? A cuspy. I am Scorpio Sagittarius. I don't yeah, know anything I'm about Sagittarius's n- Sagittarius. Nods and knowing nothing. Yeah. Very loyal, very sweet, but also very hot tempered, very passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Cole, you guide people spiritually through your writing. People look to your words through inspiration, comfort, and most importantly, guidance. Do they know that they're being led by one of the most logistically, locationally confused? Spatially unaware people I have ever met. Listen, I don't think people I'm about to be some shit when they start. Listen, listen. I don't think people even understand how bad I am at directions, and I think it's incredible. I I I exist on a different plane. I'm not in the physical mm-hmm. realm. <laughs> I no. I I'm in my house right now that I've lived in for the past five years. I could not point to where my room is on the upstairs floor <laughs> from here and that's not a joke I, I don't know if i should be if someone listening is going to diagnose me with something i truly have no spatial awareness maybe mm-hmm. it's like in great like just a life of dissociation i know i've mm-hmm. I, I i still use gps to get to aldi i've lived here Absolutely. For se- i've lived in Ithaca for seven years so no they don't know but they should in the preface oh. of um, Black Liturgies, I like say something like, it's not lost on me that I'm trusting, uh, that you're trusting me as like an adequate guide. I should tell you uh-huh. most days I feel like I'm wandering, meaning in like a spiritual sense. I should have said like, no, like literally. No, like literally. I, Help, yeah. I'm lost, mom. Can you come pick me up? <laughs> I like literally, I remember, no joke, one time we were in college, we were standing in Towers Lobby, which was like the center of campus. And I was like, let's go to Chipotle. And you just looked at me like, I wish I knew how to get there. It was on the same <laughs> block. You looked at me and you just like took off the wrong way. I was like, girl, we're no, no, it's a square. It's that way. That was I when think... I knew you were different. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I people think it's a bit and they'll be like, oh, you know, and I'm like, no, let me t- let me explain to you. I truly don't know. Don't ever think I do. I could my best friend in Ithaca, I could not get to her house without GPS. It's always been that way. Bad I sense of that. direction. Mm-hmm. I have to. It's not as bad as yours. Like I know my little area, but like outside mm-hmm. of that, I am pretty lost. And I've been in Chicago for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like I know where I'm at and I learned the little pockets that I moved to. But outside of that, like I, someone's like, yeah, it's I, I hate when you're on a map and it's like head northwest i'm like bitch i don't know where's kanye i don't know where fucking northwest is i don't know what the fuck you know like That's when good. they're like head northeast on foster i'm like bitch where's that left or yeah. right left or mm-hmm. right truly left or right i don't know compass but i always know where things are relative to where i am i always know mm-hmm. it's like in my i just like i always know what direction is which way also i love looking at google maps if i'm bored at work catch me on google maps just scrolling looking <laughs> to see what things are around me that i didn't know were there before like i'm curious i want to know what's over that hill love like that. what's behind that building so i love to know that's something mm-hmm. about me is i love to know and that includes yes. where things are okay one more incredibly serious question actually it is a little serious but it's funny too okay so 
note, Cole, neither of us came out to each other during our peak friendship era as queer. One, did you think or know or suspect I was gay? Because honestly, the reverse, I thought you were just annoying, which can often be confused with queer. Like, I didn't know. I didn't suspect you. I was just like, oh, she's the Venn diagram for queer, gay, and annoying. There's so much overlap. And I just thought maybe you were on the annoying side. I had no idea that you were also smack dab in the middle with me. Did you know Um, about me? Like, be honest. Well, I hate when I I did. I did. I felt like it was unspoken. Like, I, I felt like you knew about me this is this is how i make stories of my head i was like he knows okay about me i know about him this is just we just don't need to say it like i just felt like th- there were full conversations we yeah. had where if you were to ask me i probably thought we were talking about it when we weren't and you probably were like no bitch i'm just talking about should we babysit there or not and i was thinking well are they are they homophobic like what i i i feel like i thought you knew you did eventually know because no. when i told you you said i knew it. I think so, like, eventually gap, I did. Like in the <clears throat> gap between college and yeah. me telling you. I think I had my, I, I think I was so absorbed in my head about my own identity and like people finding out about me. I wasn't thinking about other people's sexual identity. I didn't know Johnny was gay, our friend John. I had no, my, my that, best friend. Like, that I, I couldn't have called. That I didn't. Yeah. He was a tricky one. Yeah. He's a tricky one. He could have just been nice, but no, <laughs> it was gay all along. It was literally just so in my head and like overthinking everything I was doing that I didn't have the bandwidth to think about anything else. It is like something that we found each other, you know, in the hell yeah. that, that was like we just, I mean, immediately. Mm-hmm. We like gravitated toward each we other. Did. I think, you know, on some plane of the soul, I feel like we knew that one <laughs> another were safe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You were you were obviously my like closest confidant. I just didn't tell anyone. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I didn't tell anyone. But me and you, like uh, I feel like we've always got each other, which I love. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. You both were probably experiencing the same thing, whether someone was gonna know or trying to suppress how you were feeling, you know, that Mm -hmm. you both, it was probably obvious. See, if I would have been there, if I would have been on campus, I would have said queer, 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 gay. (laughs) (laughs) What people didn't know is so many people thought we were in love with each other because and they we, couldn't we even, yes in a different way but like they couldn't imagine yeah. like they, they couldn't conceptualize how close we were outside of like heteronormativity so they, yeah. they yeah. i mean so for so long it was like oh are they a well, thing they won't they? well and it's like you guys are different they? you're in a different book like this is not even yeah where no not at all and like those people like they were like the fundamental conservative christians like they didn't know that men and women could be friends or like have any like they were just like this makes no sense because they they've never met gay people so they were like they didn't understand that like sometimes people have relationships that are not just based on sex and stuff yeah they're like platonic friendship never heard of platonic right that's weird i don't know that (laughs) never heard of it it's crazy you made that word up right i literally and you've probably had this experience too do you remember having discussions in okay oh for context cole and i met at like a church college campus ministry that was like the genesis of our friendship i would talk to people i remember men having conversations about how they couldn't be friends with women because they wanted they had to marry one so like ultimately they could never be a friend befriend a female person i was like what you can't you don't have your girls what are you gonna do without your girls it just didn't make sense to me but like that was like a a real discussion people are having or if they started dating someone then they would never talk to another girl again i also love that cody gravitates towards powerful strong beautiful black women oh absolutely (laughs) absolutely the hard-hitting questions Mm, griller ready the griller no not even get her the griller get her the griller the griller the gotcha question we're actually gotcha journalism we're expanding what we do and we're branching out to gotcha journalism so buckle in doctors gotcha Mm. journalists (laughs) we really can do it all on silk the podcast many hats and mine Mm -hmm. are cowgirl (laughs) absolutely okay seriously cole no so 
It's Black History Month. We love that. And Black liturgies mean so much to so many Black people in the world. And I would like to know what is some Black history that has shaped you or that you carry with you every day? What does it mean to you? Mm-hmm. I, I would say, I don't want to say Black literature in general. I'll say the Black novel mm. specifically has meant a lot to me. I, I, not obviously, but in Black liturgies, both the book and the digital project, I'm quoting all of these kind of Black literary ancestors. And mm-hmm. that comes from, honestly, the time that Cody and I met each other. It comes from college when I was encountering Black fiction writers for the first time in, in classroom. It was the first time I'd read Toni Morrison, Alice Walker, mm-hmm. Zora Neale Hurston. None of them I encountered in high school. I didn't meet them until college. And their their works felt like just as much as sacred text to me as what I was encountering in like the white dominated church pew. I, I I didn't do, I couldn't really compartmentalize like those two awakenings, like the one I was having in church and the one I was having in the classroom. And I feel like my closeness to Black fiction, to Toni to, to Tony Morrison and um, Zora Neale Hurston and all of them is what saved me from being completely lost into that space. It was like a tether to Mm-hmm. not just my family but like my own interior life my 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 own dignity a kind of spirituality that isn't so rigid but is kind of strange and yeah so yeah I, I would say the black novel i feel very similar to that i'm from cleveland and growing up you know we knew about the color purple and you know some tony morrison but it was very limited in what we learned and when i moved to chicago and finding out who James Baldwin was literally changed my life. It was like the total awakening of my blackness and my queerness. And that was when I fully started coming into my own and finding authors or falling in love with authors again, like revisiting Toni Morrison and Alice Walker and Audre Lorde, um, Mm -hmm. people who just embodied Blackness, like unapologetically Black, was and queer at the same time was something I I just was completely, it rocked me. Black liturgies. I feel like I became familiar with it in like 2020, I want to say, was when I became familiar because it definitely like got me through a lot of pandemic trauma. Pandemic trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Four years later, still unpacking that. What is the genesis of Black liturgies? Like, where did you come up with this? I started it in the summer of 2020. And it was in the wake of like a slew of Black murders. We had lost Elijah McLean, Breonna Taylor, Mm. Ahmaud Arbery, then of course George Floyd and the world kind of exploded and pretended like it was ready to pay attention to black death at the hands of armed white people. I'd been in Christian spaces at that point for I don't know like 7 or 8 years or I don't, I don't know how since college so about about a decade and um had found a lot of beauty and comfort in in liturgy and and written prayer and written expressions like toward God. But I remember logging on to a church service. It's like height pandemic. So it was like on an online Episcopal church service. And it was the Sunday after the video of George Floyd's murder went viral. And Mm. I just knew it was not not going to be a space for me, you know. And I I say that there are, are seasons where it's just difficult to pray words written by a white man and that was one of those seasons for me and that night like the idea the name everything occurred simultaneously (laughs) like there was no um Mm. planning strategy i just said you know i think i'm going to start something called black liturgies and like connect the black inner life black grief black you know joy black memory black story with some kind of written prayer and so it's it shifted a little bit what that looks like exactly. I, I don't always share a written prayer. I'll, I'm more interested in like breath practice and, and breath prayer right now. But it's the goal, at least, is to kind of have a space where the Black interior world is honored, Black liberation is centered, 
while kind of posturing ourselves toward the sacred, however that looks for, for you. It was so interesting whenever your account was starting because for one, like you starting an Instagram account is like <laughs> such like a thing that like you weren't right. like an avid Instagram. Like it was the medium was interesting and you started it in secret. You like didn't tell anyone. I, I know it was something that you want to do. Writing is a very big part of who you are as a person. Probably was very healing for you. It's also putting out work into the world. And mm -hmm. that stuff, it just was so organic. And it felt like such a felt very important. And it was interesting to I feel like we've me and you specifically have had a relationship where we both have trauma with religion, um, organized religion, mm -hmm. and it looks differently to both of us. But for me, interacting with your account was very healing on like the religion end of things, because it was the first time since like leaving the church and coming out that I had like connected with something meanif meaningful spiritually. I don't know. It was, it was, you had to be there. It was a, you had to be there kind of moment <laughs> The this time of yeah. seeing this project come to life and things were happening so quickly for you. I'm sure mm -hmm. looking back now, it feels like the world was moving faster than if yeah. that makes sense. No, yeah, I feel like you were truly an overnight thing. Like mm -hmm. I I swear I've been following you since you like right around mm -hmm. then was when I found it. And it was like, next thing it was on everyone's story. Everyone was resharing it. People were talking about it at protests. I was going to like, it really was like an overnight mm -hmm. sensation in the zeitgeist. It's crazy. Yeah, I do feel that I I feel like grateful for that in many ways because I feel like now that I'm like, I didn't know anything about anything. I would call Cody. Do you remember you told me you're like, oh, when you you're like, you're at 10,000 so you can share links because back then you had to like have a certain amount of followers to like share a link in your story. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, what are you talking about? I don't I don't even I what? didn't even. I didn't even have language for like the things you were saying and Cody would be like girl listen, first of all you have to change it to a business account and like I'd be like wait what yeah I when Cody says he's surprised that it started I, I don't think anyone that knew me would think I would one like be so bold about sharing my writing but specifically to use social media as an avenue because I'm not very yeah. tech savvy and so I feel like it was just this strange mixture of circumstances like the pandemic the heightened kind of like grief and you know dislocation i think people were feeling that summer with the black lives matter protests and people kind of wanting a different thing or realizing they weren't as safe as they thought they were in the spaces that they were in i think it all kind mm -hmm. of mixed together but yeah it grew mm. very very quickly a week it was like a, a week or something and i i had five thousand followers and yeah it it, wow. it was um all very quick for someone who knew so little about algorithms about what to do and when and yeah strange you're like looking at it like it was a map you're like i don't know what the fuck this is i don't Truly. know where i'm going <laughs> i remember when you did do you remember when you did your face reveal oh like, yeah you yeah. revealed because you were anonymous for a thing, while right it was mm -hmm. like a thing it was like not a toxic dumois it was like oh my god i know <laughs> like a not toxic <laughs> gossip girl i'm like oh, yeah. oh my god yeah. this is what she looks like she's so beautiful oh my god it's so cool mm -hmm. like, thank you uh, yeah. yeah it was that was crazy yeah. i i don't even i did it mostly because people kept one thinking i was a man but then i yes. had people mm. in my dms like asking me if i was white secretly and they're like we need to know who's the black mm. liturgist like and i'm like why oh. would i be why would there be a fully white male running but you never know times being what they are well, i, I mean, could see, I could well, see it. never forget right. <laughs> So okay. I said, what been duped before. Right. True. True. You're um, get us again, Miss Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I owe the people. So yeah, no. So I'm I'm glad I did. I feel like I if I didn't start it anonymously, I don't think I would have started it. I don't think I would have mm. had the courage to say what I mm -hmm. wanted to say. But I I think it was the right call to put a face to like actually include my body in the space as opposed to making it this totally disembodied project to say actually no this is this is me i'm black chronically ill you know like this is who's and i think that keeps people queer. from yeah queer, queer it keeps you from idolizing <laughs> anyone completely because you have all these kind of yeah 
religious celebrities out there and I feel like when you realize I'm actually I'm I'm a 33 year old girl trust trust me however much you want to trust me based on the story based on who I am and, and the stories I lived yeah. but don't treat me as some kind of like distant sage person um because it's just it's just not reality I don't know how to get to Aldi from home like trust me <laughs> as, <laughs> trust me as someone like that human mm-hmm. Tisha you said about how like you all were talking about um her work at like protests and things like that and how it was like a very reassuring thing for the black community where you were for me it was so interesting seeing like your work take off in the circle that i historically was in which was like white evangelicals and it was just like it was so telling about the character or like understanding of where certain people were at for me because like we all have this personal connection to you or at least people I knew people that had personal connections to you and it was like I was like literally keeping tabs on everybody and seeing how they were reacting to (laughs) your words on racial injustice because like a lot of people we were with were problematic garbage bags it was like a catalyst event I had already formulated and begun the process of understanding like social justice and race and things like that in a way that was meaningful. But it was interesting to like see people at the start of that journey that we knew or people who were like unwilling to even engage. And they were just like, no. And I was just like, damn, y'all are really just showing your whole hand. Like you're letting (laughs) me inside your little brain and telling me exactly what you think about X, Y, and Z in this situation. So it was, it was a very unique event to be a part of from my side of things, having your friend and someone that was in your social group just like disrupt evangelical Christianity in the way that you did to a degree. I think like most people didn't like talk to me about it. You know, like the people who Mm-mm. had issues didn't. I mean, granted, I wasn't really talking to anyone. I was completely disconnected from everyone that we knew um, in college right. by the time I started, besides like you and, and the, the, you know, the people I yeah. ride with. But like, the people from our past in general, they were just basically strangers to me, but no one was coming to me expressing any kind of discontent. So I was just like oblivious, but you hear things, you know, you hear what people think. The grapevine. grapevine. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and then you also hear people who were like all for it at first. And then mm. once they realize James Baldwin was gay, Audrey Lord queer, bell hooks queer. <laughs> and once I start speaking to that and they realize right. I'm not the brand of, of spirituality that they expected me to be or, or wanted me to be, then you're received. Right. I was received a different way. I did I did feel that. You know, I had people being like, Why aren't you sharing the gospel? I was like, I don't even know what that means to me. I'm not I'm not interested in that. Like I don't I don't think of <laughs> of of God that way, but n- nice to meet you. <laughs> I I barely right. I you you didn't know me. You certainly don't know me now. Yeah. Being able to be fully open and unapologetically black and queer i got a lot of that from black liturgy so what is like a takeaway first like maybe a baby queer black gay who needs some inspiration i feel like i have a lot but i think based on what we're talking about the the one that comes to mind is you don't you don't have to sacrifice yourself uh, on like these altars of belonging these these spiritual spaces that are promising they they are promising a kind of belonging but not all belonging is good and um mm. and yeah. there there's a quote from james baldwin he says if the concept of god can't make us larger more free more loving then you know mm. it's time we got rid of rid of it um mm-hmm. and i think i mean that that's that's where i am at least in in my life i don't i don't want to I don't know, be held by any kind of spirituality that confines me. I'm exhausted of that. I'm only interested in like becoming more expansive, more open-handed with my beliefs. Yeah, I, I, I want that for everyone. I don't think you need to, it's not to say it's not costly to leave those spaces. There's a cost, but I don't think you, um, mm-hmm. if you feel like you have to sacrifice any one part of yourself or uh, you're in a place a community that demands like a performance or a mask then i think you can mm. rightfully depart and you don't have to say goodbye i think you can <laughs> leave quietly leave loudly leave how you need to but go someplace safe mm. you know I, I think you'll find new new arms 
better places, safer company for the journey. And if you're like Cody and I, you might find that there are people that you love in those old spaces that are preparing themselves to make the same journey. Find them on the other side. Literally everybody that I cared about intimately is gay, which... Duh. but like <laughs> like i didn't even know you know but like from that time you know what i mean yeah. like so revealing i know just kind of for me on my end the whole black liturgy thing and like we have a lot of queer listeners and obviously this is a queer podcast not only do we have that i know just the queer community in general has baggage and trauma and i think what i really liked about black liturgies was it was your account was a way to engage with something while not your work or the liturgies caused me trauma but like spirituality and christianity was a part of my journey of trauma and being able to engage with liturgies specifically that were just like you didn't have to commit anything to Mm -hmm. learn from or just to experience like you just had to read a couple lines so if anyone is looking for I don't know, not like even like healing or anything like that, but just like something interesting in a way to engage with something that maybe you don't have the best relationship with historically. Liturgies are really cool and they're very accessible in a way that a lot of things aren't. There's no barrier to entry. She said, what was it? Belonging? It was something it hit, um, that hit for me. Roll the tape. yourself for belonging or sacrificing <laughs> yourself on these altars of belonging because yes. for so many yourself, for so yeah. many religious spaces and spiritual spaces it's like you can belong if you profess this particular creed this particular doctrine then you're in and i think that's such a dangerous mm-hmm. way to shape yeah. your belief system it's a dangerous way to shape your your worldview to when your belonging is at stake People say they think and believe all kinds of things that they don't actually. I'm convinced of that, at least, that people that we have a whole population of people professing hateful mm-hmm. rhetoric that actually, if they were in a different space and there was a different portal to belonging in a different space, they would find themselves in a, in a different worldview. But you adapt because you adapt and you sacrifice and you choose cowardice on some level some people survival some mm-hmm. people cowardice in order to belong in these spaces it's dangerous yeah it really is wow. and quote specifically leads into my question of how i know you and cody have similar religious trauma have been through that do you find spirituality and what helps you to get in touch with that side of yourself especially identifying as queer Like, how do you stay true to that side of yourself? Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel privileged in a way that Cody was not in that my household was very, it is very queer affirming. I didn't grow up in a religious family and, you know, I grew up around gay people. Um, My parents' best friends, they're it was a lesbian couple and so there's a certain stability i think that comes from that my form of Mm. course you have the world bent on anti-blackness anti-queerness but to have Mm. the safety of a family that wasn't that wasn't a barrier for me and i I think as i'm getting as i've gotten older i've realized like that indoctrination that happens in early childhood to so many kids in church settings specifically the the Mm -hmm. religious weight of feeling going to sleep feeling like you're going to hell because of who you love or because of what gender you know yourself to be that's something that i i have not lived and i don't understand and i have not feared and so for me the the journey to kind of like staying true and in alignment with my true self and, and my queerness and my blackness and my my strangeness and like all all that um i think has been mostly a journey of like remembering and remembering childhood mm-hmm. childhood cole that had a lot of freedom of expression she was quiet she was awkward you know i wasn't very verbal but i was very strange i was mixing potions in the basement <laughs> expired condiments <laughs> you know i was falling in love with moesha and like feeling all of the things and for me yes. i think traveling back and tethering myself to a spirituality that is more expansive than just religion i think religion is can be one sphere but i think spirituality Mm. contains many things so i've been formed in a christian tradition but i've also been formed in a household that cares a lot about the black body that cares a lot about storytelling 
and myth and and humor. And I try to remember all of that when I'm bringing myself into a spiritual space or when I'm trying to connect with the divine, I try to leave no leave no part behind. Meet you at like I literally have a picture of you right here when little child you that you sent me with the book that I keep on my desk with the note that you sent me from the first book. There's words on it. I would have loved to meet her. I know we would have been uh, friends, truly. We would have been friends because I was also very weird and awkward growing up. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Listeners, Santisha's weird. I know. Breaking. Shocker. Breaking. Yeah. Right. We get it. They're like, girl, that's not a face. <laughs> oh, Lord. Paul, my last hard-hitting question for you is, what brings you queer Black joy? Hmm. This is going to sound like... This is going to sound bad. I don't want to say it, but like, this is the most honest answer. Moesha? It's like, be- <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Mo to the um <laughs> no honestly honestly i think it's in this season specifically it's being alone and mm. i feel like i've known seasons where solitude was a curse and was a kind of alienation and sometimes a self-imposed alienation or like isolation and so i say that because it's really refreshing to be in a a season where I actually feel like I have good solid community that I trust very mm-hmm. you know beautiful artists and and poets and people who are embodied and care about my body and out of that I can practice solitude not as a practice of isolation but of like nearness to self I feel like I'm reclaiming something in this season of like okay it can look a different way you know, there's a kind of solitude and being by myself that can actually flow out of healthy belonging where you're not afraid all of the time. So, yes, that is bringing me a lot of joy knowing I can be alone in a different way right now. Girl, I when's the season that. of you returning my text coming? When's that <laughs> season coming, girl? <laughs> Probably is never. Not- <laughs> <laughs> the voice notes get you sometimes. Sucker the voice notes. I don't I, yeah. girl, me too. We did I, that was one of my baby yeses. I mm. love a voice note. I hit a record the other day with 45 minutes. That's, Whole that's ass not podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Whole ass podcast. It's that's to the point hard. where the settings on my phone, I turned it off. So now it doesn't go to sleep. It just stays on because I could I didn't want it to cut me off. I had to hear what she had to say. Because if it cuts you off, you just start it over from the beginning. <laughs> that's the only thing about voice notes. I know. I can we not do we not have better technology that you can can we not rewind right. but, well now we can with the new update oh i don't, I don't know if that. you tried it I, you I can. Well, she doesn't have an iphone she has I a just laptop use, yeah i use my laptop <laughs> okay she's right. something different okay yeah okay when you try and facetime her it goes to her gmail let's say that mm. okay all right I did just see an update where you can like edit messages now, and I was like, maybe. Yes. I saw someone say someone edited this text message, and I was like, what? You can edit sent text messages? You can. Is that crazy? Out there, a different world. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. But I love that solitude. (laughs) I'm definitely now that I live alone. I've always I went from living at home to roommates, and now that I've Mm. been living by myself. I was so scared to do it. I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to get murdered. I, girl, I could stay in this house by myself. Yes, she can. Solitude, girl. Okay. I will (laughs) sit here and meditate, write, Mm -hmm. watch something, listen to some music. And meditate, you mean put housewives on in the background on loop. And meditate too. Thank you very much. Bravo is a disassociation. That is how I unplug. But I also do some real meditation. Okay. Thank you very much. Don't come okay, for my girls. Meditate. Okay. On Silk, every episode, we pick something as our baby yes. So this is something from pop culture, whether it be music, books, movies, something that happened in the news, that if it had happened when we were a child, a little baby queer or developing in our queer identity would have been really meaningful for us. So I ask you, what is your baby yes? Okay. I'll preface this this by saying I don't 
I couldn't even define pop culture if you asked me to. Like, I would need to Google that the same way that I Google <laughs> what is the economy. I don't know <laughs> what that is. There's there's no way to know. But I have an answer. And if it doesn't fall okay. in pop culture, then that's that, I guess. Sister Outsider by Audre Lorde. I, mm. I mean, it, it existed, but I didn't know of its <laughs> existence. And I feel like I didn't have an imagination for a writer that was a woman, that was Black, that was lesbian, that was poet, that was essayist, that contained so much. And so I had, when I was little, and not just little, even in, in college and adolescence, I felt like to claim my these different aspects of my identity, either my blackness or my queerness or my womanness, would be to reduce be to, to be reduced to them and to be reduced mm. to a singular thing. And Audre Lorde is kind of the first person I encountered who was very um, much so an un- like unapologetic resistance to being reduced to any one thing, and was like, I, I contain all of this. You're going to honor this part of me if you care about my writing. You're going to honor this part of me, and she just refused to be dissected in the way that I think, unfortunately, other Black literary ancestors have. I mean, it it, it can be easy to forget that some of them are queer and to kind of pick and choose pieces of their their work to fit our, like, whatever agendas. It's really difficult to do that with Audre Lorde's writing. She's, like, reminding you. Sister Outsiders, she's reminding you. And and by the way... By the way, By the again, way. <laughs> yes, and I, 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 I love that, and still has been um, remembered as just so expansive and so dynamic. And I wish I had a, an imagination for that kind of existence in the world. Because what I did instead was try to strip myself of all of the things that make me distinct, so that I could speak mm. to the things that transcend. And actually, that is really terrible art in the end, because people connect with particularity they 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 want to know what's real and 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 what's specific and um yeah and i I feel like if i would have found sister outsider five years earlier it still wouldn't have been soon enough yeah i feel that's so hard it's crazy how much like historical figures and yeah i guess historical figures writers musicians get like sanitized in the culture, not sanitized, sanitized or like have their yeah. identities reduced to something else or erased, mm-hmm. um, not by any will of their own, but just yeah. how people engage with them or like craft their lives to fit their narrative or the way they interact in the world. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's cool that Audrey was able to kind of be like, no, you ain't doing this to me. No, she and really was. Go. And I learned what, intersectionality is because of her she explores the complexities of like you know sexism homophobia racism ageism everything in that book i mean she like you said she really it's like no holds barred like it is Mm -hmm. really so groundbreaking and like the violence against women and black women and like specifically black feminism, like reading that I didn't have that growing up either. And that was something I discovered later in life. And it was like a, Oh wow. Like James Baldwin was like a cultural reset. And then Audre Lorde was like calibrating my brain in a way, you know what I mean? And some, Oh my God, like notes from a trip to Russia, girl, Mm -hmm. like I'm trying to go to Russia. I'm like, Let's go. <laughs> Don't go, not girl. right now. No, right I now. would not actually. <laughs> Don't go. Don't right go. Now. Girl, get back here. <laughs> that was a good baby yes. I think you kind of ate that. Yeah, you really Love did. We need to have more poets be our baby yeses. I need to find a poet soon. Because mm-hmm. it's different. Like one. That's something that is very, so important that is very niche that you wouldn't necessarily think is pop culture but has actually shaped so much pop culture you know Mm -hmm. like people like you to remind us of our ancestors and especially creative black cool innovative way ahead of their time that didn't get their flowers Mm -hmm. we need that we need that on silk we need that in life period 1000 percent. absolutely i was waiting i was like i haven't heard you say 1000 percent this whole time in my head about it i'm like oh my god a thousand percent 
we end up every episode with our R&R. It's where we rant about something that is giving us the ick, that is pissing us off, that is annoying this week, that we are not riding for, we are not vibing with. So mm-hmm. the floor is yours to R&R. My ick is without a doubt the Super Bowl. Okay. I... <laughs> I just Let's hear feel, it. I know this is a played out take, but truly they're okay. Forget the fact that there's a full on genocide happening and mm. Rafa was being attacked yeah. and very strategically done so during this massive event because our attention mm-hmm. was I, I mean, that's everything in and of itself. But even mm-hmm. if that was not occurring, the Super Bowl would still give me the ick. There is just something about it that I just feel like people suspend their ability to criticize, like suspend their ability to like feel disgusted. All of it feels so, um, it feels like theater. Like I want to be like, guys, do you really care this much? Like, but I guess there are people that do, but I'm like, yeah, do, do, do you need, do you, do you need to? It's just so much and so intense and everyone is so angry. And there's so much like talk. I mean, so much of the like, we try. I mean, you know, I don't watch sports. I made myself a plate, and mm-hmm. we put on "Remember the Titans" like a real human, mm-hmm. and that was that. Mm-hmm. But I did mm-hmm. tra- catch the clip of like Travis Kelsey like screaming in his coach's face. Wait, I saw that clip of Travis stream- screaming at his coach. And his coach is like this old like man who kind of looks like scared and like jumpy and I, I don't know what was going on with him yeah. but i'm like is this real like this all feels like it doesn't it feels like a different world like in what world would that be appropriate but it's like all normal because it's like oh the love of the game i have no love of the game i have love of the game in theory in like film in fiction you know love love remember the titans love we are marshall what's another one friday night yes. lights you know mm. i'm there but oh, the actual right. watching Connie Britton. Oh, Kyle Chandler's so hot now. Like, he's, why don't we all just hot. do that? Like, can we all he's just get to together? Now. Like, what? Okay, we can keep football. We'll stay on theme, but we watch Friday Night Lights. You know, because the the masculinity was too much. The yelling and the oh, and like everyone, like it's like yeah, ew. Like, just be be human. I did see it's this giving one player whenever like, crying was, during God. the national anthem, and that was really tender. It almost made me want to keep watching, but that was it. When Travis was yelling at his coach, it was almost giving like elder abuse. I was like, "Is he gonna put him in a home? Like, what is <laughs> happening? <laughs> you can't yell at him. That's your grandpa. That is that would not that would not fly on with Coach. What's his name on Friday Night Lights? Coach Taylor. That would mm. not." fucking fly no. with coach taylor they would no. never they would never know and i was no. like i that's the only concept like denzel washington and remember the titans that's how i view a coach and i'm like wait is this a thing yes. that they can just they just yell at coaches denzel would be like get off my field you know no, yeah. Denzel will pull out the equalizer and be like try that shit again mm. right i dare you <laughs> i dare you and then, like the next, the next second, he's on the field. I, I don't get it. I don't. I don't get the don't Super Bowl. I know people don't like that. I'm. I get it. But for me personally, it's it's a no. It's an ick. I feel like there are other mm. things to cry about right now. If you have tears to spend on the Super Bowl, like I'm embarrassed for you. People are dying. Yeah, it's a game. Dying. Well, that's yeah. the whole thing. Is ultimately, I think what it is is that sports are for children. Let's not forget, mm-hmm. like, sports are what you do after school, sweetie. You're an adult. Why is someone giving you a paycheck to play a game? That's kind of, that's giving child. And also have your body destroyed. Like, I also was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. It's like also just looks so painful and the yanking and the everything feels so brutal. And I'm like, your body mm-hmm. is, is it, is it worth it? I guess. Can we find, I could maybe get more on board with basketball. I wish. I don't know what like the basketball equivalent of the Super Bowl is, but like, can we just maybe redirect our energy? Mm. Championship, yeah, yeah. Championship, March Madness, March Madness, March Madness. Well, that's that's like college football, college basketball. I love like a name like that, March Madness. Are you kidding me? Sign me up. I mean, it's fine. Crazy, it is. Yeah, it does sound. (laughs) We're going mad in March. (laughs) Right. 
feel like also the tackling is not central to the actual game. Like, I feel like you could find, I guess that's what touch football is. <laughs> good point. But I think you could point. just find another way besides trying to destroy someone to end the play. So I feel like we need to expand our imaginations for football. That's my call to the NFL. Absolutely. like gladiators. Right. OT. And I got to tell you, when it's a black body in particular, it's giving it's giving something different. It's not. It's, it is. I don't know. I think I'm like I'm triggered. The 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 use and the disposal of the black body in football. Mm. It's like. And it's I mean, gross. don't That's even get true. me started on the whole black people in football with the Colin Kaepernick of it all. Ooh. Oh, yes. Ooh. Yep. I mean, yesterday, the main reason I watched was for Usher. I knew there was a Beyonce commercial. The Super Bowl is a lot. Glad it just happened. I respect your r and I respect your r I hope I don't get you guys canceled. People get really upset when you say No, no one this. No, girl. Wrong show. That's not that's not our demo at the moment. Maybe we'll branch out later, but at the moment, no. All right, Cole. Well, thank you so much for coming on our stupid little podcast. I am really glad you're here. It feels so crazy that you're our guest. You're our celebrity guest, but you're also a loser slash my friend. Like, that's so crazy. He's so rude. My followers are going to come for you. I hope they do. Called her a loser burn it down this has been seriously this has been so fun so thank you for coming yes on thanks to for podcast. having me let the people know where they can find you and what you're yeah. up to right now um your street address on... your social security social... number birth <laughs> made a name made a name if you are on social media you can follow me mm-hmm. at Black Liturgies or at Cole Arthur Riley if you like more like sad girl poetry content. And on Twitter and Black at Black Liturgist, on Facebook at Black Liturgist. Otherwise, you could just buy one of my books. They're very pretty. Ooh, uh, the one first of one is called Pretty. Yes, the first okay, one called This Here Flesh. And it's really pretty and dark green and looks great on a shelf. And then the most recent one that came out a few weeks ago is called Black Liturgies, Prayers, Poems, and Meditations for Staying Human, available anywhere. Books are sold, but I especially love when people buy from local Black-owned bookstores. So thank you for having yes. me. Absolutely. Being thank here. you for and being honestly, here. I know you and Cody go back so much, but um, I don't want to get emotional because I'm a crybaby. Writing and your uh, page has really um, meant a lot to me and my healing journey and just from childhood and everything, figuring out my blackness and my queerness and my spirituality and also um, just the everything that was happening in 2020 and even now things that you post about you know what's going on in the world and overseas it means so much to see someone who is like me and then knowing Cody and knowing that you're literally like me like that feeling was real (laughs) um and you are just such an inspiration and um it's like an honor and a privilege to have you here and to be able to hear your words and have a conversation with you and um Okay, I'm rambling. I just, mm. I really appreciate and love you. Aww, I know that's weird you. to say because I literally just met you today. Yeah, I just appreciate the space that you've created for Black queer people in a spiritual way. It's really, really special. And I just thank you for, like I said earlier, creating that space and opening the door and just giving people a space to in their spirituality. And like you said, uh, yeah. You shouldn't have to be less of yourself to fit into any religion. And spirituality is such a broad thing. And you just remind us of that. So I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for that encouragement. Those are very kind words. And I will hold them close. I'm falling asleep tonight and trying to get a better sleep score. I might wear a ring. I can whisper that into the aura ring if you want me to, (laughs) to help you go to sleep. I'll send you a voice note saying it so you can <laughs> No, but It'll I appreciate it. It'll be your black it. noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but this has been good you for guys, me too. I do a yeah. lot of podcasts and um, they're not they're not always so effortless. So I'm just glad to be Aww. with you guys tonight. 
Yeah. That means a lot. We really, one time some random person on TikTok, it was our first fan interaction. She said, this is like I was listening to your FaceTime. And literally we've carried a, that with us for weeks. <laughs> that girl. All she said was, Kayla, Kayla, I don't even know if she's ever listened to the podcast, but she commented on our TikTok and that was huge for us. Huge. Kayla, Kayla if you're listening, her. you're getting us through. You're the reason. Truly. We we carry you with us, Kayla. Mm-hmm. Um, but seriously, thanks again for coming. I love you. And you can find us on the Silkcast on Instagram and TikTok. And oh, oh, and I'm on Instagram as CLAT. Instagram at Sentisha Coats. We love okay. you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.